All right, welcome to episode 32 of the Dare to Dream podcast. I'm Vincent Van Patten. I'm Gregory Russell Benedict. And this is a podcast for people who want to get the absolute most out of life. And Greg has been redefining what Dare to Dream means. So why don't you share with us the latest uh, update? Absolutely. So I've just been pondering, what does it actually mean to Dare to Dream? And what I've come up with is that Daring to Dream is a daily commitment. It's a commitment to a life that's extraordinary. It's essentially this belief that you deserve to live a life that you're truly in love with and that you're going to stop at nothing in order to keep striving for that greater potential. Yeah, I definitely love that. And I think it's daring to dream isn't, you know, just I'm going to, I mean, for what we did, we kind of took this leap of faith and, and dove into what we thought would bring us the ultimate um, meaning in life and at least just took the step towards what something that we love um, each of us individually and have been just letting the journey unfold. But daring to dream is just believing that there is something more to go for. There's something more than dissatisfaction and what you might currently be at in life. And it's, we both, you know, discovered and obviously it is a, an endeavor that there's going to be lots of highs and lots of lows and challenging times, but to dare to dream, it's a commitment, a commitment to get the most out of yourself every single day. And it's just a a lifelong learning process of figuring out who you are and what you really want to give to the world and give to yourself in the process. The hardest thing is turning away from, you know, what, people think is the right thing to do and what society thinks is the correct you know path we're supposed to be on and our a good buddy pete peter azaria wrote a great article for the dare to dream publication on medium um pete if you're listening you still gotta publish that thing and it's it's just it's all about this what um i forget what he called it but i think it was life ultimatum the life ultimatums yes the societal norms that we kind of feel we're supposed to be doing this a certain thing at a certain point in our lives. And I have definitely been feeling that um, as of late when I just, I just started a new job um, busing tables at a restaurant in La Jolla. And, you know, as a, um, as a next step kind of for me, just a, well, I want to call it a placeholder, but I don't, you know, is that doing it a disservice calling it a placeholder? Because it's not, it really is a next step in my life. And it's a, I mean, I, what I'm kind of grappling with is I'm just ha- feeling that weight of, oh, it's not a, a career move. It's like a, it's a job just to acquire life skills. But I see that as, ex- as extremely valuable. But then, you know, there's just the, the, the pressure from the outside world that says maybe you should be doing something else. And maybe it's just pressure I put on myself, which that's probably a, but then where does that come from? I think it's because I feel that I'm supposed to be doing something different, but yeah, Peter, thank you for the idea there. And so I think that's going to be something that we explore. Um, and I want to share something from a great book by light Watkins, knowing where to look. But before that, Greg, do you have any comments? I think a a big theme of today's podcast is just going to be, where do you derive value in your life? Is it from the things you have, the job you have, the relationships you have, or does it come from 
inside of us things that can't be valued typically you can't put a price tag on the value of facing a big challenge and overcoming it or looking back and realizing that you're a completely different person than you were a year ago like those are intangible things that are so much more important sometimes than how your life appears on the outside and that's actually another thing that i think we'll get into is that sometimes the most the, the people that seem the most successful and happy on the outside are the most broken and lonely on the inside mm-hmm. totally so i will read this passage um this book by light Watkins, knowing where to look it's uh 108 daily doses of inspiration and i am i'm loving it it's uh so many things that i'm connecting to and because he does a daily um email newsletter where he just sends out just tidbits from his life and it's pretty crazy daily newsletter so anyways here's a good one cultivated within when i had my first real job the one after college it was at an ad agency i worked there for about three months i loved the work itself when i looked at my colleagues who'd been there the longest from the owner on down Although they seemed like nice people and had many achievements, there was no one who seemed particularly fulfilled. They all seemed to be searching for something more. The next deal, the next vacation, the next promotion. And here we were, spending 8 to 10 hours together every day, participating in this collective search for more. So I quit. I figured, if I'm going to risk being unfulfilled, it's not going to be because of some career path that I was too afraid to leave. Now, I probably could have made a lot more money if I had stayed and continued working in advertising. Perhaps I would have won an award or two and gotten promoted to creative director, but I doubt that I would have led to the quality of fulfillment I was ultimately after. Two decades later, as I write this story from an Airbnb with hardly any savings, no property, no car, and only a backpack with a couple of days worth of clothing to my name, I've never felt more fulfilled inside. And I've learned over the years that fulfillment was never about what we accumulate on the outside, but what we cultivate within. That yeah, that really speaks to me, just particularly at this point in my life where I'm feeling the societal pressure and there's the weight that I'm putting on myself to um, start making a certain amount of money and you know building wealth to start being able to do stuff. And even after the release of my book, I'm like, okay, that's done and whatever happens happens. But like, what am I supposed to be? What should I do next? And I'm just questioning, questioning it all again, which is a good thing. It's the, the door is wide open and anything can happen. And I know this, this step of the journey is, is for a reason. And it is an extremely interesting one because I don't know where it's going to go. It's always interesting to me when you hear someone like Light Watkins, who has written some best selling books and he's like a big public figure to hear that when he was writing this book, He was living in an Airbnb with almost no savings to his name. And in a completely unrelated field, you hear about the musicians and the artists who drop their album that goes seven times platinum. And they literally recorded it like on the road or in a bus or in a hotel room somewhere. And it just goes to show that I love what he said is fulfillment is derived from the inside. What you're doing and what you're putting out in the world can be completely separate from how your circumstances appear to other people Mm -hmm. and you may have 
everything. You may have the family, the house, the car, the job, but be incredibly sad and unfulfilled or you're fighting with demons that no one else can see. I mean, it makes me think of Anthony Bourdain just because I've been watching a lot of cooking shows recently and chef's table is, I mean, he seemed to have everything literally getting paid to travel the world and eat. I mean, no reservations is one of the coolest shows I think ever made. Yeah. Eating the best dishes in the world, meeting with celebrities and amazing people everywhere. And yet here's a man who was fighting demons constantly. And ultimately it, it seems as if the demons won. And so you never really know what people are going through and you never know what they're valuing because to me that that seems like the life but to him obviously it wasn't worth it that's crazy that you bring that up because i mean i've kind of taken him on as i you know i say that he's like one of my greatest inspirations because he opened up my eyes to just the the beauty of travel in a different way of not having to you know kind of kind of getting away from just like vacation and seeing a place by just like seeing all the sights and everything, but really just immersing yourself in just a day in the life of like a, of a local of being at that spot and not even having to really do anything at all, but just observing what it's like to be in that place. And that's where I've really just discovered that every place in the world is truly interesting and truly beautiful when you just kind of watch it go by and watch the world unfold and just watch a day happen in this pocket of the world and that just m makes me so inspired to want to travel and experience every bit of this world and but yeah it is it is wild that he seemed to have it all and it's i have to read it's the final page of um, his book kitchen confidential which i had just right in front of me here of course on the bookshelf i take it with me everywhere and i think this just this quote just speaks to what mattered to him what brought him meaning so he said after this was like his most famous book and this was the special edition which has like his um handwritten notes in it and so after the book he wrote i've since this time divorced had a child remarried Quit smoking. I'm no longer bad. Certainly not a boy. Not even a chef. So I think he maybe saw himself. He's like, I'm not even, I'm not even like on the cutting edge anymore. I'm not. All I'm doing is eating the food and just mm. like traveling and being this. I'm, I'm like a reviewer, which you know, I'm, he's not the chef anymore. Who knows? But it's kind of what I take from that, and it is sad. That, that's what his meaning in his life came from. And it was, I guess it was taken from him. Wow. That opens up a whole new path for us to go of. It's really our own expectations that influence whether we're happy or not. It's, are we living up to these internal expectations that we have of ourselves versus what other people are expecting? Because we can appear to have everything we want. Anthony Bourdain can appear to be living the ideal life, traveling, eating, meeting people, connecting. But if his expectation is that he's in the trenches, in the kitchen, cooking, cutting edge meals, being kind of that nitty gritty chef, mm -hmm. then he's not living up to his own expectations. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. 
and that I mean that brings back what we were kind of talking about earlier is the meaning comes from having a worthwhile struggle and putting ourselves in only we know kind of what we're we're giving and how much we can give and that's why it's the hardest thing to know when to like, take a break and when if you know how to know if you're doing enough just by your own standards it's a tough thing such a tough thing and struggle <laughs> is such a funny challenging part of life i mean even even this morning before i came over here i had a self-imposed deadline to write an article and i woke up early and i started writing it and like halfway through i'm just bashing myself from all sides just saying <laughs> you're so bad at writing this this is terrible no one wants to read this and then i finish it and all of a sudden i'm just like oh yes i did it like this feels great it's like dr jekyll and mr hyde and just being in that struggle no matter how uncomfortable and painful it is like you get so much out of it you squeeze so much more out of life even in the really hard parts than if you just never answered the challenge and, and went after it in the first place 100 percent. it's like being in the trenches of your own heart and soul when like you you know that you are grappling with something and man this brings up an interesting point um you know i'm totally immersed in the world of jordan peterson and uh from his biblical lectures he says the most like profound thing that he took away from the entire thing is that israel means those that grapple with god or those that wrestle with god and so it's not just that you know it's those that believe in god it's those that life is grappling with god and whatever God means to you, it's grappling with some greater meaning, grappling with just existence. Yeah, that's a concept <laughs> I've been, and I love the word grappling. I think that's the best way to embody this wrestling with life, yeah, yeah. grabbing life by the horns and seeing what happens is I know that Jordan Peterson says what is most, what is more important than happiness is meaning. And that we should seek meaning and happiness is a byproduct of finding meaning and fulfillment. And I'm still trying to figure out what I believe for myself. And the only thing that I really know is that I want to engage playfully with the world. And so even if I'm in the hardest, most uncomfortable situations, I'm still engaging in a way that my heart is open and I'm being kind and playful. And I think that's kind of my definition of happiness is just whatever circumstance comes along, you're adequately equipped to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And you deal with it in a way that feels fully authentic and true to yourself. I don't see happiness as this byproduct of something else, like this reward to be achieved. I think happiness is a way in which you interact with life. And that's why I, that's why I struggle with choosing between meaning and happiness because I think they're they're intertwined in a way that's hard to it's hard to separate them I, I love that and I 100% agree that meaning comes from just being you and no matter what circumstance arises and no matter how tough things become remaining cheerful and joyful and light because life becomes too heavy otherwise and yeah, I think strive it's what came to mind there is striving for happiness 
it almost seems like it's like okay once i get to that point then i'll be happy and that's just not how it's gonna work it's what you say and which is a great point is no matter what happens to figure out a way to be joyful and just light throughout it all and that's what will bring i mean if we're lucky some happiness and it's not something to perhaps i mean we're just getting started in this journey but not something to to reach at some certain point we could finally be happy because life you know circumstances will arise but it's not going to be just unequivocally easier at any point you know we all go through our different seasons and seasons of growth and rising and falling and that's that's the grapple but if you can be light and joyful through it all and inspire others along the way through your smile and being you and that is that's a reason to live and i love that you say the word light because i think it has two meanings be light in how you interact with the world in the sense that you don't take things too seriously um, that's one of my favorite quotes is never take life too seriously you'll never make it out alive <laughs> and then it also has that other meaning of be the light be mm-hmm. the light for other people the beacon of hope and joy and inspiration be the source of positive energy that you're contagiously happy and so when people are around you they can't help but laugh and smile and that really i think comes from being your authentic self and being able to laugh at yourself and what just popped into my mind i think because we were talking about authentically experiencing travel as a local is do you remember when we were in hakone (laughs) in japan and we were walking to go find breakfast and there was that little fish market and outside the fish market they had that charcoal grill oh yeah and all the locals were just it was like almost like you could sample the fish and just like grill your own piece and just like grill your own meat grill your own meat (laughs) outside on the street and you and i just kind of like looked at them they looked back at us we just kind of like smiled and started laughing and then that one guy like called us over and showed us how to do it and we were just it was just you and i and like seven 98 year old japanese old men just just huddled around before work just grilling fish that was all time oh man and that's just like with nothing else if you know if it was just if i just had a backpack on my back me and you and we were just there doing that it's like what what greater experience experience can you have in life but just something so simple and just joyful and just real and grilling just a piece of fish in the mountains of japan i mean at least at this point that's that's those kind of experiences that i want to have because i know we know they're out there and just so cool and to get even to get into that situation we had to be willing to be the fool and to look stupid right like we had to kind of smile back with this weird grin be like i don't know what too, to do yeah here. We, we know if we're supposed to pay but you just you come and you, you sample a little bit you don't take too much because it's free um get a cup of tea and you be on your merry way wow we've had some hilarious experiences together abroad another one that just jumped into my mind was like our fourth day in italy <laughs> when we were living in florence it's over 100 uh, degrees we had just been yelled at the day before by our landlord screaming at us that we aren't allowed to use the the ac unit oh yeah and so we're adjusting to this new swamp lifestyle we were just sweating the whole time and we were in the trash is just accumulating in our apartment because 
trash can was so small. <laughs> exactly. So our apartment was the swamp trash house. <laughs> and you and I are in the little grocery store across the street. And we had had a pretty big night the night before. So we're, we're sleep deprived. We're tired. We're sweaty. And we just want some fruit. And so we start, you know, doing our thing, grabbing fruit and putting it in our basket like people normally do when they're shopping for fruit. Naturally. And then we just go, start getting screamed at by this little Italian man. He yelled at a lot. And we get we, we we do get yelled at a lot. And basically, we didn't realize that in Italy, there's this thing where you actually aren't allowed to touch the fruit. You, two different ways. If you're in like an open air market, you point at the fruit. And then the person working comes and gets the fruit and puts it in a bag for you. Uh, but, but in this place, you were supposed to take the fruit and put it in a bag and, and weigh it and then put the sticker on the bag print your own sticker and like before you went to check out there's there's no Very there's confusing. no sign this is don't touch the fruit there's no rule book for this no and uh yeah we didn't do any of that we just took it straight up to the cashier and he wasn't happy about it we were in a different realm but yeah those those experiences I'll always remember but i got one more thing i want to read and this kind of ties it all together. And this, you know, this is about just being a rare friend, one who is willing to be on the journey with with your friend. And, I mean, it's tough not to, to judge because we got so much going on in our own lives. We we think that, it's you know, it's, it's tough to believe that things aren't always about us. And even with, with our friends, it's tough to, to believe that. But... So this is from Light Watkins again. The rare friend. Once I remember sharing some minimalism plans with a couple of friends, and they said in unison, okay, now you're going too far. That response used to make me doubt myself and second-guess what I was intending to do. Now I see it as confirmation that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because who wants to live within the confines of other people's comfort zone-based opinions? We can't reach our potential if we're unwilling to break free of what's expected of us, even by our closest friends. Because of this, when friends want to try something new and different in the name of following their inner guidance, we're not helping them by suggesting that they are going too far. After all, we don't know what their deeper spiritual journey entails, so why cage them inside of our fears and expectations? I say be the, be the rarest type of friend who supports others regardless of what you believe is possible for them. Replace empty, knee-jerk warnings and third-generation cautionary tales with patient curiosity Ask questions. Offer to help them if you can. Maybe they fail, or maybe they succeed. It really doesn't matter, because as far as I can tell, playing it safe doesn't stop people from falling any less. If anything, those who are afraid to try something new or unproven just end up failing with more regrets. Yeah, I thought that would resonate with you. You've been told you're going too far once or twice. Maybe by me, maybe not. No, you've been very supportive. I mean, <laughs> if we just look... And what we've done over the past year, and I've tried the carnivore diet. You went vegan. We've tried various different workout <laughs> regimens. You've been to every back doctor in the U.S. West of Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> nobody understands what what you are going through, what what you want to try, what you want to experience. So if we're gonna leave you with anything, be there for your friends throughout it all. You know, be there to support them whatever they want to do and i like that what he says patient curiosity that's just a good way to to approach life and to approach our own circumstances and what we're going through 
patiently asking questions and this is just good advice for myself at this point it's it's tough for me to be patient and because i don't know what kind of big picture next step i'm going to take but i know that everything will happen for a reason and who knows where the next chapter will begin well i'm in it you're in it you're in it right now and i love what light Watkins was saying there of you really want to have those friends you want to have that environment that inner circle of people who when you tell them something crazy they don't even blink they don't question they encourage and they Mm. say can i do this with you yeah can i get going too because if you are (laughs) if you surround yourself with people who are always trying something new always they're just staying curious and learning new things you're you're gonna grow together and it's such a beautiful thing to try something you have no idea how it's gonna end up and just see what happens yeah, because yeah. I mean, what he said resonated with me more than anything was people fail living a normal life. They fall down just as much. Yes. So isn't it better to strive for greatness and go out on your own path and maybe fail just because you're going to live with less regret? Mm. Strong, strong. We can keep going, but we'll wrap it up for this episode 32 of the Dare Dream podcast. Unbelievable. Next week. Guess what? My mom's going to be on the show. <laughs> Boom. And in classic Dare to Dream fashion of just starting and just literally taking the first step, we've been going back and forth for weeks, making up so many excuses, yes. rationalizing why we can't get our first guest, the third person, third person interview on the show. We're just going to do it. We're just going to start with Vinny's mom. We haven't asked her yet, but I think she's going to be pretty excited. She's a, yeah, she studied spiritual psychology and she's a fascinating person. So we'll get her on and uh, we'll see you then. (laughs) See you then. Love you guys. Love.